What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, welcome back to our new podcast, Politics by Faith. My name's Mike Slater. If you've ever looked at the top stories of the day, watched the news, and you feel anxiety or despair or get stressed out, particularly before you go to bed. Uh, So am I. So is my wife. So is everyone I know. So the goal here on this podcast is to take the top story of the moment and then give you some biblical and or historical perspective in order to bring you peace. I think a lot of my anxiety comes from this incorrect belief that this is new. This is unique. It's never happened before. But that's not true. Solomon in Ecclesiastes 1.9 said there's nothing new under the sun. None of this is new. And that gives me I guess, the peace and the encouragement to, to fight on. So I'm not going to do this every episode, but just because we're just starting here. The name of the show is Politics by Faith. It's a play on Hebrews 11 and 12, where the author goes into a list of all the Old Testament saints and says, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, and then describes all the amazing things that they did. And then it ends with, by faith, men and women of God were made strong out of weakness. So these stressful things that are going on in our world, you can either let them make you weak or you can get stronger. And Hebrews goes on, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that you do not grow weary or lose heart. And anxiety hinders. We need to throw it off. So we're going to take a story, analyze it, find some peace, gain some strength, not grow weary, and by faith, find the confidence we need to run the race with endurance. That's the goal here in Politics by Faith. So super grateful you're here. Please give a subscribe and we'll see how it goes. Episode three, another doozy. (laughs) Jeez, we could have started off easy, but we didn't. This one, not appropriate for the children if they happen to be nearby. So the story of the moment, have you been following this new thing? Drag Queen Story Hour. Now, I say new thing. I guess Drag Queen Story Hour started maybe three years ago. But have you seen what's been going on since? So it started with Drag Queen Story Hour, right? This is where you have drag queens reading stories to little kids in the children's section of libraries. And I remember when these first happened, I'm like, what? (laughs) Weird, but okay. And because no one put the kibosh on it, now it has very quickly turned into kid-friendly drag shows. So now we don't have drag queens just reading to children. Now we have them performing for children. And there are videos of very sexual performances of drag queens 
in front of children. Now we have kids dressed up in drag performing for adults. Money being exchanged, the whole thing. There's a TV show called Drag Kids. And just in general, there's a hypersexualization of children at younger and younger ages in our culture today. I can give you a million examples, but just the latest, the, the largest children's hospital in Chicago has partnered with local school districts to create a uh, beyond binary gender in schools program. It was written by this non-binary gender activist. And the presentation ends with the hospital recommending LGBTQ friendly sex shops for teens that sell a range of, well, I don't know. We don't sex toys, trans friendly sex toys, kink and BDSM equipment and on and on and on. So this has gone from the university's queer studies departments to children's hospitals to give it that bit of medical authority to school districts, to your high school, middle school, and even elementary school aged children. And it's not just this one school in Chicago. It's nearly every public school at this point has been infected with at least some amount of this perversion. What in the world is going on? It's getting more and more insane. It's getting more and more graphic. There's a recent video of a kid-friendly drag show in Vancouver with what looks like a woman wearing as little as possible before you're considered completely naked, doing full-on stripper moves, rolling around on the, on the stage, her clothes on the ground behind her, and there's maybe a 12-year-old in the front row holding out cash. And you, hear, you see this, and you're like, well, this isn't drag. Well, it turns out they called it a drag and dance party. So now just even women not in drag, just women can do a striptease, and it gets a pass because it's a drag and dance party. So now it's just a straight-on stripper. It's a stripper. <laughs> right? So you see the slippery slope. You're with me, right? You see how it's gone from men in drag reading to kids Oh, harmful enough. It's uh, They're just like clowns. No big deal. Don't you want children to be interested in reading? That's what we were told. So we went from that to men in drag dancing in front of kids to now just strippers stripping in front of kids. And we have kids doing drag dancing in front of adults. You can imagine what's next as the slippery slope continues. This is stuff you never would have imagined a couple years ago. I just think of me telling my grandpa about this. <laughs> like, what? This is the stuff that the biggest Bible thumpers preaching the slipperiest slope of perversion never would have dreamed of. Glenn Beck wrote on Twitter uh, to this video I was just describing with the stripper. He said, what the heck is wrong with half this country? When did a kid trying to give a stripper money become acceptable? Okay, let's, uh, let, let's talk about why this is happening. I'll give you the academic reason behind this, just so you know what the plan is with these people, what their worldview is that to them has this make sense. It won't make sense to you, but, it, but it, this is how they think. So if you have a Marxist worldview, you see everything as a battle between oppressors and the oppressed. Everything. Now, again, you and I, we don't think this way, so it's really hard to fathom, but many people see the world this way. So 
Uh, it's oppressor versus the oppressed. So everything is white versus black, men versus women, rich versus poor, straight versus gay, the owners versus the workers. Everything is a battle between the oppressor and the oppressed, all the way down to parents versus children. In the progressive worldview, parents are the oppressors. They are oppressors because they impose their outdated and bigoted worldview onto their poor, innocent children. And this outdated worldview that parents bring to their children causes harm to the oppressed child. So, they conclude, we need to tear down parental authority over children. Right? You have these parents who are telling children what to think. We can't, we can't allow bigoted parents to raise their own children by teaching them bigoted ideas. So they need to undermine parental authority, and we've seen it in countless ways. Just one example, there's posters in many school classrooms that say, if your parents aren't accepting of your identity, I'm your mom now. I'm your mom, not your actual mom. I'm now your mom, the teacher says. So the left says we need to tear down parental authority. Parents, what do you know anyway? The other side of this equation is to lift children up out of their childhood innocence, right? They're the oppressed, so we need to lift them up out of their childhood innocence. We need to scandalize them. And the best way to do that is to do it sexually, to introduce them to sexual perversions as early as possible in order to overthrow the small-minded and bigoted ideas that the oppressors, their parents, have indoctrinated them with. That's the root of it. So let's lament for a moment. Lamenting is really important I know when I get anxious, it's, I hear something and then my mind starts spinning out of control and then I'm trying to solve it and come up with solutions real quick. But it's like, no, no, you have to take a minute to really mourn the moment and lean into it so then you can better bounce out of it. That's, that's what I've found. So let's lament this moment here. I mean, even for adults, we live in a hyper-sexualized culture. If you're an adult and you go to the gym for 45 minutes, and then you scroll Instagram for 10 more minutes. You see more skin and sexual content. In those two activities in an hour, you see more skin and sexual content than your grandparents saw in their lifetime. Think about that. A hundred years ago, where did people working on the farm find pornographic content? Find girls dancing in front of the camera? Well, like they... Nowhere. Like a hundred years ago, men were not bombarded with it all day on their phones or advertisements. You had to seek it out. I don't even know how it was possible. But today you just open up Instagram on your phone in your pocket. Just bombarded by sexual content. We're numb to it. To the point where now the first graphic thing that kids see is way worse than your first encounter with your friend's dad's Playboy. They're different planets. Just like all addictions, the stimulus has to be more intense in order to get a reaction. So the first dose of pornographic material our kids see is just horrific. We are saturated with sexual content. We may not even notice it. And while adults just get a tidal wave of it, our kids are drowning in it too. To the point where now we have activists working through children's hospitals 
putting this stuff in your kid's school. They are very intentional in getting it to your children and then not telling you that they're doing it. And I think one of, the re- one of my laments is just as if we don't have enough going on in our country and in our lives. Now we have to worry about this. It's not hard enough raising kids. Now you got to throw this at us. All right. That's enough lament. What do we do about it, Slater? What do we do? Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. All right, let's get the biblical and historical perspective here, just to start the calming process, right? This is the perspective that really helps me. I hope it helps you. And that is the truth that there's nothing new under the sun. Two points I want to make. This is the most important one. If you take nothing else away from this podcast today, is the most important point, that sexual perversion is nothing new. Sexual perversion has been the norm of human existence. Let me define perversion real quick. Sorry, I've used this word a couple times. I should have defined it up front. Perversion means a corruption from something's original intent and purpose. So sex and sexuality is from God, but we have perverted it into something very different. So we have sexuality's original intent, and it is good. And it was immediately corrupted into something perverse. That perverse state, different, corrupted from its original intent, that corruption has been the norm of human existence. Only since Christianity has come along has there been a semblance of trying to return to that original intent. But as we remove God, then the values erode away, and we've gone back to the norm of sexuality, which is... Stuff like kids dancing in drag in front of adults, for instance, and soon to be much worse. So let me prove this. Let's go back to the Bible. Four times the Bible says, do not engage in bestiality. Four times the Bible says, do not have sex with animals. This goes back to 1400 BC. This means there was bestiality. You wouldn't say you can't do this thing if people weren't doing that thing. 
Like you would never tell your kids, hey kids, whatever you do today, don't hop on your rocket ship and fly to the moon. That's my first commandment. Like you would never, if the Bible says don't commit incest, it means that was happening. If the Bible says you don't do this, it means people were doing that. Otherwise, why ban it? So these sexual perversions go way back. That's number one. Number two, when I see strippers and drag queens performing for children or child drag queens performing for adults, I just go back to ancient times when all that stuff was normal, all these perversions. And again, we're on a slippery slope right now with no sign of slowing down, so it's all going to get worse. But back in the day, there were temple prostitutes. The Old Testament has two words for prostitute. First is zona. It's used 93 times. But there's another Hebrew word, kadeshah. It's used only three times. It comes from the root word meaning sacred. So this is not just a prostitute. This is a temple prostitute. So let's just focus on one biblical example of this. It's in Corinth. So this is where Paul, and as we talked about in the uh, first episode, we talked about Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, they, they all lived there together in, in Corinth for 18 months. So Corinth was known for being a super pagan and sexual city. There's a, a Greek word, Corinthiazestai. It's Greek for to live like a Corinthian, which was uh, not a compliment. There were a ton of temples throughout the city to Apollo and Poseidon, but the main temple in the city was the temple of Aphrodite. She was the protector of Corinth. She had three temples, but there was one in particular that was the biggest and most famous. It was built around 500 BC. This is the ancient Roman historian Strabo. He wrote around the year zero. He said the temple of Aphrodite in Corinth was so rich that it owned more than a thousand temple slaves, courtesans, whom both men and women had dedicated to the goddess. The ship captains freely squandered their money. Hence the proverb, not for every man is the voyage to Corinth. I guess it was like their ancient version of our, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, something like that. So prostitution was an act of worship, worshiping the gods, Aphrodite in particular. And people would gift girls to the temple to be owned by the temple for life in exchange for good luck on some trip or endeavor. Xenophon of Corinth, 464 BC, he gave a hundred slaves to Aphrodite's temple as a thank you for his victories in the Olympic games. You're thinking, okay, Slater, it's interesting, I guess, but I don't get the connection. You went from children and drag shows to temple prostitutes. That seems like a big jump. Yeah, not really. Many of the prostitutes at the temples were children. The slaves that Xenophon gave to the temple were girls. It was 100 girls. Child prostitution was accepted in ancient Rome. If you want to read a very depressing book, Lloyd DeMoss In 1974, he wrote a book called The History of Childhood, and he outlines five stages of how we've treated children, starting with the first stage, which was infanticide and child abuse. That was in ancient times. All the way to the fifth stage, where we are now, loving attention to the best interests of children. So today we love our children. We want what's best for them. That isn't how adults have always viewed children. That's why when Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 9, Jesus says, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. That was scandalous. The children 
We're the lowest of the low. Today we hear that line, whoever receives this child receives me. And we're like, oh yeah, I love kids. Kids are great. That was not the view back then. Children were the lowest of the low. Jesus's point is lost on us today. But back then children were seen as non-persons. Children were weak, fearful, irrational. Children were demeaned, seen with contempt. This is why in ancient times, unwanted kids were just left outside in the cold to die or be eaten by wild animals. In ancient Rome, the father could kill their children if he wanted. So when Jesus said to love these children, that was scandalous. And the fact that loving children isn't scandalous today, I mean, that's my point, that we have grown up in a unique time in history. And we're losing it. We're going back to the olden days when children were non-persons, or at least seen as sexual objects. Having sex with children was excused as late as the 19th century. In England, men would be brought to court for raping a child, but they would be set free if they said it was to cure their venereal disease. Raping a child was thought to be a cure for depression. British doctors prescribed men to have sex with children, doctor's orders. In Africa today, it's believed by some that raping a virgin will cure AIDS. In Iran, Ayatollah Khomeini said a man could not have intercourse with a girl younger than nine. But even if he did, it was only a minor infraction. It's believed that 75% of men in Thailand have had sex with a child prostitute. I could go on. Nero, we could spend hours on him, Roman emperor from 54 to 68, he murdered his mom and sometimes lover. He then killed his first wife, then killed his second wife who was pregnant at the time. Makes Adam Levine seem like a pretty nice guy. But I mentioned him. Because after he killed his second wife, he castrated a young boy and married him. And he had the boy dressed up like an empress in drag, you could say, and paraded him around as his wife. Sporus was the boy's name. So maybe this is where we're headed. Castrating children, marrying them off at a young age. No, we would never do that. Well, they're all ready castrating children at children's hospitals, no less, right now. And there's a movement to normalize pedophilia, to add a P to LGBTQIA2S+. Why not add a P, pedophile? But now they call them MAPS, minor attracted persons is all. I'll tell you, when there's no shame, when there's no morality, when every statement of right and wrong could be met with says who? then anything goes. Adult men dressed as women dancing in front of children, that's wrong, says who? What? Sexually dancing in front of children is wrong, says who? Having kids dance sexually in front of adults is wrong, says who? Pedophilia is wrong, says who? That's what postmodernism says. By what standard? There are none. Do you see how we're going back to this, that's my main point. We're going back to the norm of human existence. And we don't have to go back to ancient times. There's a common cultural practice in Afghanistan today. They're called chai boys. It means tea boys or bachabazi. It's Persian for boy play. It's been a thing for centuries where the men dress young boys up as girls and treat them as sex slaves. One of the worst stories I've ever heard, uh, Captain Quinn and Sergeant Martland They were both Green Berets in Afghanistan, and they could hear boys screaming as they were abused 
by Afghan police officers. This was on an American military base. So American military base in Afghanistan. You had Afghan police living on the base, abusing young boys. And the, the Americans, these Green Berets, men of great morality and justice, they could hear the screams, but they couldn't do anything about it. Their superiors told them to look the other way because that was their culture. And as more boys were being treated this way, Captain Quinn eventually confronted the Afghan commander who then just brushed it off. So Quinn picked him up, body slammed into the ground and beat him up. And then Quinn was kicked out of the military. The American was kicked out. Just Google Captain Quinn. You can hear him tell his story. Here's my point. I know it's threw a lot at you and heavy stuff too. We see the perversion going on today, starting with Drag Queen Story Hour, getting worse from there. Things no one would have dreamed of just a couple years ago. And we say, what is happening to our country? And my point is, these perversions are the norm of human existence. It's only relatively recently when Judeo-Christian ethics have said, this is wrong. Don't do these things. And it's only relatively recently that a majority of our American society agreed and shamed this behavior, outlawed this behavior. And we have enjoyed growing up in that short blip of history. We had a country that obeyed God and had a Judeo-Christian ethic. Whether you believed in God or not, our culture did. But then we thought we could just remove God from that equation and keep the Judeo-Christian ethics. You can't. You get rid of God, you lose the ethics too. So now that we've had decades of a systematic removal, first of God and, well, then the Judeo-Christian ethics too, and what are you left with? keep going down this slippery slope, you're left with temple prostitutes and castrating children and pedophilia. You're left with what we've always had. Civilization is very hard. Morals are hard. You let your guard down, they'll erode right away. So what is in my control? This is the important part here. What do I do with this now, Slater? What's in my control? You have the inside of your house and the outside of your house. Start with the inside, I beg of you. Do not let your kids watch anything unsupervised of any age. Things are different today than when you were growing up. Even YouTube Kids has content promoting transgenderism, telling kids that they can switch genders and all this nonsense. It's everywhere. There are people who hate you and who hate your values who are pushing content to your kids every day in every way that they can think of. Don't let them. Isaiah 32, 18 says, my people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Your home is sacred. Make it a peaceful place, a secure place, a quiet, restful place. Be very intentional about not letting anything into your home that the world is desperately trying to get there. You're in charge of that. Please be intentional about protecting your home. But what are you going to do when your kids are outside the house? Well, you got to get to your kids first. I think of uh, my kids' worldview as an empty glass waiting to be filled. Who is going to fill it first? <laughs> you or some kid on the back of the school bus? Fill their glass with truth before someone else does. If I can fill my kids' glass with truth first, then there's no more room for the lies of the world. Don't let other people raise your children for you. Trust no one. 
teach your kids about a proper sexual ethic. A biblical sexual ethic is a revolutionary thing. Again, progressives would want you to think that the biblical sexual ethic is the norm, and this is like the new uh, liberated way to live life. Don't go back to that biblical way. No, no, no. They got it backwards. The perversion is the norm, and the biblical ethic is the revolution. And the more we abandon it, the closer we get to the sexual ethic of the ancient world. God made sex. God made sexual attraction. God made beauty. And God made order. Don't let the chaos of the world invade your family. My parting thought as we take all this and meditate about it all, these activists, they think that you are the oppressor and your children are oppressed. And I'm here to tell you, you are not the oppressor. You are the parent. Nothing is more important. Deuteronomy 11:18. fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. It's just everywhere. It's just woven through your life. Fill your children with truth and love. This concludes our third episode of Politics by Faith. It's funny, the reviews of the first two, some people want them shorter and some people want them longer. (laughs) I don't know, uh, but I'm grateful for your grace as we try to figure out the sweet spot here. Thank you for subscribing and and for leaving a five-star review. It helps with the algorithm, right? The more five-star reviews you get, the more it lands on the top of the charts, and then we can spread the truth and spread the word more. And thank you for listening to each episode. Uh, I, I know you got a lot of choices, so I'm grateful that you've given us some of your time. I hope it's encouraging and calming for you. Politics by Faith with Mike Slater.